to a That's gift shop with promo people. We're the most mm. obnoxious group. Never. <laughs> I, already, I know better. I've already learned yeah. this. I'll stand outside. <laughs> yeah, I'll stand outside by the flag. <laughs> really good flag. You guys come back outside. I'm just rubbing it on my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is ours. Pointing mm-hmm. out the, the pros and cons to it. Yeah. You see that stretchable sleeve on the outside there? That's so that it doesn't rip off the pole when the wind whips up a little bit. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Amanda Delaney with Gold Bond. With me today is Chef Kate Plummer with Clearmount. And we are continuing our Growing Up promo series with Joe Douglas, who is the Customer Relations Manager with Orbis. Joe, we're super excited to talk to you today and we'll kind of just jump right into it. But just to preface where this came from and why we are so excited to have you be a part of this series. For me personally, I've been in the industry for almost 19 years and like to think I know a little bit about everything going on. Turns out I don't. And I honestly had not heard of Orbis until you came on the scene. And the only thing I had really heard was that Orbis was your father's business and you had come to take it over. And then you and I got the chance to spend some time together with a group of friends not too long ago down in Florida. And I found out that that at all wasn't the case. So I am really excited to hear about how you came to Orbis, how Orbis started, and just the backstory, and we'll let you take it from here. We just want to know all about you. Hello, ladies and everybody else listening. Great to be on here as well. I'm Joe from Orbis. People call me British Joe because I think I'm British, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So straightforward. How'd you get that name? (laughs) Yes. Just literally, just people knowing me. I just play this fake British character all the time. <laughs> it works really for you. From, I know. People believe it. You know, I'm just joking. <laughs> I am from Worcestershire, England, which is right in the middle, in the West Midlands, where the source is from. And uh, I've been in the US for seven and a half years, something like that now. And I've been with Orbis that entire time. We didn't grow up promo. We didn't really grow up promo at all. I kind of was one of the helping factors that got Orbis into promo. And we only really kind of joined in 2014, 2015, so pretty recently. But we exclusively only sold to, you know, print shops and sign shops and graphic houses before. But once we figured out that there's this whole world of print that's not necessarily just printing displays, they're doing everything from banners and table throws all the way through to pens and mugs and hats and T-shirts. And almost everybody sells the whole spectrum. They sell displays all the way across the board to koozies and stuff like that. And it's all very exciting. And I still don't know all about that world. But we came in, we were just kind of figuring it out for the first couple of years. And then got started to get some footing and get noticed. And we started to do our marketing in a different way to work with the ways that the promo industry works with all the promo standards and all the rest of the stuff that there's so many guidelines, so many hurdles and stuff that you kind of have to navigate to work your way through this industry. But I feel like once you're in it, you may never get out. It's uh, locked us in a little bit. And everybody that I meet, super nice, personable, and showed me and trained me so much and, and showed me how the industry works. I've still got a long way to go. I'm just wading through it as we speak. But no, we didn't grow up promo. We just kind of came into it. So we're kind of fresh. Well, you've been kind of growing up promo in that it seems like your career is kind of steeply on promo on this side, but you yes. kind of mentioned that you brought Orbis into the promo side. How'd you even hear about it? Or were you just kind of like, what are those people doing over there? <laughs> you know, actually it was 
working with some of our larger promo franchises that made us realize that we have to upload our products onto ESP and onto Sage and onto Distributor Central and stuff like that in order for them to be able to view them and make sales through these entities. And then as we discovered those entities, discovered the rest of the world that's buried underneath, not just these gigantic franchises. There's all kinds of interesting business in between that often some of it specializes in what we sell. You know, they're sign shops, but they're also doing the promo and they're also doing gigantic banners and they're also doing a trade show booth. The next week they might be doing the apparel for the local bank. So we just kind of stumbled in and just got our foot in as we went along. And I know it is my father's business. He's one of the founding members of it, but I didn't really ever any plans to run it. That was never really my forecast. I didn't really know where I was going to take it when I first started. I was just a lowly prospector at the base of the sales spectrum, just making cold calls to sign shops, 50, 60 phone calls a day, just trying to get new sign companies on board. For the first several years of working with Orbis, didn't even know promo was a thing. And then I think it was when I started going to trade shows and I think our first tester in the promo industry was I think it was uh, ASI Orlando in or was it PPAI I'm not sure it was Vegas or Florida <laughs> it was they're so close together as well in the year oh, yeah. I like, can't remember which one too. it was it was in like 2015 <laughs> I remember and it was, was like one a, super humid hot and one super dry hot like which not, one you was know it? it was one of those because when you go to ASI Orlando, it's hit and miss because some years I've been there and it's like 75, 80 degrees, not that humid. And then some years you go there and you need a winter jacket. It's like 35 degrees outside. And I think the first year that I went, it was warm. And I got all excited the next year that I got to go because they had an outdoor party, an outdoor bash. And I went there and I was looking all sweet in my outfit. And it, was free. it was so cold. I was walking around there with icicles hanging off my ears. Well, and I guess coming from England, the difference mm. between like here, we're like, oh, Vegas or Orlando, clearly there's a difference. But if you had just moved here not too long before that, it's a whole different you know, world literally for you. You're right. I mean, England, we get all seasons. Yeah. But mostly the blurring factor of that is that it rains most of those seasons. Like we get a lot of rains, like Seattle kind of. But really, until I started going to the trade shows, I hadn't done a lot of traveling around the US. Hadn't done a lot of that at all. I think I'd only been to Arizona. I think that was the only place I'd been. And Wisconsin, camping. What I did before COVID was I used to go to almost every promo trade show event and gathering that I could go to and squeeze into my year and just go out and make people love Orbis. That was my main part of my job, work the events and stuff like that. But obviously there's no traveling now. When the glory days were in full swing, that's when I started traveling and meeting people. And that was when I started to figure out that all of America, every single place you go is kind of different than where you go. Like I started going down south a lot more recently, hanging out with my Alabama friends. For a British guy, that is a whole revelation of people down there. And that's different to the Californian people. They're all kind of laid back. And then you go to New York and it seems like they're all high strung, like business people out there, you know. So everywhere that you go, you find a different kind of people. All the places you go, though, to that point, they're all buying promo. Like, that's the one thing they have in common. They do. Did Orbis start in England and you guys brought it to the U.S.? Orbis has been a part of a global group since the 60s and 70s, I believe. Wow. It started over in the U.K. 
and it was part of this group owned by a family called the Perutz family. And they started it, Gerald Perutz. So him and his business partner started it. And they originally used to make displays for photographers to display their artwork, pop-up displays. And then that kind of turned into panels and panels got turned into trade show booths and trade show booths turned into custom booths. And then from the custom birthed the portable display products, which is everything that you go to when you go to the smaller shows and you see banners, table throws, pop-up walls, tents, things that are easy to set up and don't require too much outside help to help you build them portable displays that came out of the love child from custom displays so there was a british entity of that and then that company my father worked for and then he moved out to the u.s to start the u.s version under a different name the same company with the same products and we did that and when we started it was just him and another guy or him and a couple other guys he was doing everything from printing and manufacturing and selling and delivering they were doing everything to start with And now I'd say we're probably the largest portable display group in the US. I wouldn't say largest trade show group, but largest portable group. We have the widest range of products, bar none, multiple facilities across the world and the US, a Canadian operation, a European operation. And we do everything from portable to full custom. Recently acquired another custom division that's going to allow us to have print capabilities that almost nobody in the US have. Can't talk about that right now. Secret. <laughs> secret. Uh, announcement. <laughs> we won't it's not a secret. We, no, we made the announcement. I just don't know enough of the details to speak on it. I know that we have a new printer that we acquired with this acquisition that is going to be huge. It's gigantic. So when did your dad move over to start like this growth? 2000. That's a really big and fast growth. Like Yeah. Like we grew... You- hellaciously fast <laughs> we exploded honestly we exploded we did so good that we had to expand and buy this we've moved like four times in that period we've moved from downtown chicago we had a small place down there moved out to a place just slightly outside of chicago we moved into a warehouse in the mid-2000s and then we moved into our brand new custom-built facility in 2014 that we custom-built this 360,000 square foot facility just for producing trade ship products And then we've also got a Vegas operation that we opened up in 2011, 2012, something like that too. So we came out the blocks hot. (laughs) We did. And we're still picking up speed. I mean, the COVID has obviously affected everybody. It's affected us too. And we've lost some awesome friends and awesome staff, which is heartbreaking. And we're hoping to bring them back as we slowly get busier and busier, you know, as we pick it up and we change and we adapt and sell more. We are bringing staff back. It's fascinating to me. Like I said, I was completely shocked that you guys weren't already in the industry when you came into it, you know? So it's almost like a growing up promo reverse. It's almost like you came in and now you're kind of showing your dad, the business he's been doing for so long, what promo is doing. Is that expansion of the warehouses and the, you know, just everything that you just talked about, is that due strictly to promo? The expansion is just due to our general growth. We've been growing for years and we got into our newest buildings before we even got into the promo industry, like a whole year before we got in. I think our promo has gone up since the last five years since we've been in the industry. It's gone up like 30 to 70% every year or something like that. It's been quite explosive as well. I find this so interesting. When did you move to the US? Like what year Uh, was that? My dad was, he was just like, hey, you should think about moving to the US. 
And I was just like, yeah, maybe. For years, he was asking me. And I would come over on vacation in the summers, some years, every other year or every year, depending on what I was up to. He was asking me to move. He was just telling me there was a better way of life out here and better opportunities. And he was like, if you work hard, you're going to succeed. And I couldn't really grasp it or whatever. And then I finished my college. I was studying architecture in college over in the UK and finished what I wanted to do with college. I didn't do my master's or anything, but I did what I wanted to do. And then when I got to a certain point, I looked at my options and I was like, how exciting would it be to just move to America and start afresh and really like do it, like try and make something and like be really successful? Because I didn't really know what I wanted to be back in the UK. I used to sell cars. I worked in a grocery store. I worked in a warehouse. I was a volunteer firefighter. I did so many different things. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then it took me over 18 months to get my green card. And then when I got it, I moved over, discarded a lot of my belongings, which was mostly shoes and clothes, moved it all over here. And then I lived with my dad for the first few years while I kind of figured out how America worked. (laughs) <laughs> and for the first couple of months of moving here, I didn't have a social security number yet because they take a little bit to generate. So I just worked in the warehouse. I just came in and worked in the warehouse so I could learn what everything does. How Because I had never sold displays before. I didn't even know what they were. So I came in. I feel like I had an amazing understanding of our product because I built it. I've pasted panels on. I've taped magnets on things. Not being allowed near the sewing machines because they wouldn't let me. But I've done, I've done so many things just to learn how our products work. And I think that's benefited me. But yeah, 2013 to now, I'm in my citizen process right now. It's taken a little slowdown due to this COVID system, yeah. but I'm in my process to be a citizen this year. And there may be some people that don't agree, but having lived on the other side of the world and lived here, this is the best country in the world. Best decision I ever made in my life. But um, Canada's you know, pretty great. I haven't spent enough time in Canada, you know, I can't judge, but but I've been able to be pretty successful. And he put me in at the bottom level of sales and basically just let me run riot and just said, Hey, I'm not going to give you any help. You got to do this for yourself. Otherwise people will not respect you and think that you're just riding on my coattails. You were like a baby cold caller and you're just kind of got to do it. Now you're like time in. You're famous enough in promo that you have British Joe as a nickname. <sighs> just, Everyone uh, gets a nickname. So I don't know if it's necessarily famous. It's just like, that's the British guy, the annoying <laughs> one. Yeah, that's <laughs> British Joe. You that's know what's it. funny is when I heard your name, and like I say, when Joe came on the scenes, I had heard about British Joe, right? I saw you, I think, at ASI Orlando. I saw you, and I was like, oh, that's Joe with Orbis. Okay, putting a face to a name. And I was like, British Joe. And I had no idea what your last name was. And one day I discovered that we were friends on Facebook. I knew you was British Joe. Turns out that's not the name that's actually on your business cards. It's not. It should be though, right? It should be. It should be. It should be. In the scaling up of this company, like what did you find the hardest? Looking back, you're like, wish I kind of did that. Wish I knew about that. Was there like anything that you can pinpoint as a true learning experience? Yes, actually. So... The one thing that sticks in my mind is when I started traveling and I'd be on the road for two or three weeks out of every month. And that was the big part of my career growing was being on the road and meeting everybody that I meet and working with who I meet. And I just kind of almost not switched off, but like what's going on in the background of Orbis was like less of my concern. Not that I wasn't concerned, but like I was just focused on bringing it in, working with people. What do you need? And we were growing, all the processes are changing and stuff. And we had people that were hired in order to 
make us more streamlined and make us more efficient, make us more green and make us more eco and all the rest of the stuff. And I got back and there's all these things in line to make us more streamlined and my desk's like a mess. And I got yelled at by somebody because my desk's been a mess for a month and I haven't been there. I'm like, okay, I keep all of the tags from all the trade shows that I go to. So I've got hundreds of them and they're hanging off my desk and they've got to be 100% honest. They're not very nice to look at. They're, they're a mess. <laughs> I have the uh, same. No, I just getting back and we had completely flipped our entire warehouse around. It was the opposite to the way it was when I was there one month before. I mean, we've got like 40,000 square foot of office space or whatever it is. And the rest of it's warehousing and production and print rooms. And everything outside of the print room was completely flipped in order to make us more efficient. And I got in and I was like walking around the shop. And I wish I'd been like more part of the process because I didn't know where everything was and where to go get my projects and go to talk to people and whatever. But we are constantly doing that. I reorganized it since COVID too. Are you a part of that process now? Like the processes, the changing since you've been so customer facing for all these years when they're changing things internally to help streamline? Not necessarily the streamlining part of it. We hold boot camps. We call them Orvis universities several times a year. Not currently. They're all canceled because we're not allowed to have meetings. Usually we hold these Orvis universities and 50, 60 people come in from all over the US and local. And it's a two-day training course. And you come in, you learn for two days and we have cocktails and there's like a hotel that we got rates at. We bring everybody in and I shuttle and send them back. I am part of the organization process of that event and the prep of the showroom for that event and make sure the products and everything else is right. And when you come back and everything's been completely moved and my whole area is not there anymore, I was like, oh, I got to figure out how to completely start from scratch and change my entire event around. So, but it was just like, I'm not really part, I really aren't, I can't take credit for any operations that we do on the internal. Our team is way more knowledgeable and way more organized than I am in that respect. They point and I shoot. Yeah, they go get it, bring it back in. Mm-hmm. And you're not the only one out there customer facing. You guys have mm-hmm. factory reps too, right? You guys have mm-hmm. sales reps as yep. well, right? Yeah, we've got a bunch of inside reps that are customer service reps, but they work in different areas. Some of them will be working the promo and some of them will be prospecting new accounts and some of them will be managing the existing accounts. Some of them will be dealing with custom projects. And then you've got our outside rep team and the outside rep team live all over the US. We've got me and another guy in Illinois. And then we've got guys in Texas, guys in Indiana, guys in Vegas, guys on the East Coast, guys in Florida ladies as well in the places those guys live and breathe it and it's killing them that they can't go and visit people but we've got them living everywhere and they want to go out and visit and if the show's in a certain area i'll pull in that rep and we'll go out and do that show together and maybe an inside rep to come and help us as well it's kind of exciting when like someone does awesome all year and you're like okay you're gonna come to vegas this year with me to ppai and see how a trade show works in the flesh and usually by day two the new kids that have come out with me they're like yeah, I don't want to go out to the bars again tonight because uh, <laughs> I don't want to go out to that party or that event tonight because I barely made it today. And I'm like, okay, all right. It's a marathon. It's a <laughs> marathon, not a sprint. You've got to get through every night. You've yeah. got to be, attend- you gotta be in attendance. Every party. Every party. <laughs> so. Well, you guys were one heck of a party at Expo. I will say that. Going yes, last we did. Year was the first year I haven't been there as a supplier and I got to tag along and the signage was on point. 
at your Orbis party last year. So great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We like to, uh, we like to look good. You know, we've seen some dodgy displays around the place and we wanted to spruce it up a little bit, <laughs> make it look, make it look a little shiny. I'm curious, like at this point, it sounds like you've traveled right across the U.S. What have been the most striking behaviors that you see in Americans or even just the difference from like British work procedures to U.S. procedures? Like, do you see that? You know what it seems to me? There's a lot more voice and FaceTime with clients over here than in the UK to me. But I never worked in this industry before. In the UK, I sold cars face-to-face, obviously, and I worked in a sports store, but I never really worked in a sales position like this or had an opportunity like this. I don't see a whole lot of people, unless it's really big business, traveling around and going to a lot of events. The UK is really small, so I guess you could just drive you know, and go over there and go to an event here and hop on a ferry and go over to Germany and do one. But I never really saw it from any of the people that were my age or a little bit older. I didn't really know anyone that did any traveling sales. I don't see any of that. I don't see any guns in the UK. I can tell you that. I see a lot of guns over here. Everywhere I go, there's guns. Who's been hanging out in Alabama? <laughs> oh, no. I, love, I mean, I love Alabama. It was just the wildest experience being down there. I've been down there a couple of times now. It's pretty cool. It would be quite the change even from like Chicago to Alabama. Well, British to Alabama, that's the other side of the moon right there. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, it's like even Chicago to Alabama, you go down there, it's very hard for me to explain. It just felt like everyone was really nice. Really nice in the South. People are really uh, nice in the South. You hear about that, right? You hear yeah. about that. Yeah. I heard about that before I went down there. And I was like, damn, people are really nice. The rumors are true. People are nice in the South. When I first mm. moved to North Carolina years ago, and I'm used to it now being in Tennessee again, but I moved from Seattle where people like head down, power through everybody's, you know, kind of like how you describe people in New York, go, go, go. And then I come to yes. North Carolina and I'd be driving down the street, somebody would wave and I would like slam on my brakes. Did I, did I hit your child? Did I run over a dog? Like, no, they literally just want to wave and say hello as you're passing by. I'm like, this is so strange. It's a different world for building relationships and selling promo, right? That's true. I'll tell you one thing, actually, that's had to happen since moving to the U.S., and especially since doing this job of traveling and meeting people. I feel like, and I definitely was myself when I was in the U.K., I was more grumpy over there all the time. I was just grumpy, like maybe the weather, I don't know, but I was in a bad mood. And over here, more people seem to be in a better mood, and that makes me in a better mood. So I have to amplify smiles for you guys positivity breeds more positivity mostly coffee gets me to where i need to be you know i think that's our industry too though for the most part i think most people are just really really happy for some reason we just we love what we do do you think that you found what you want to do now finally you said you didn't really know what you wanted to do over there and now that you're here and you're in this world that people just never seem to leave is this where you want to be for the long haul I think so. I think I'm developing a lot of relationships in this. I love the company that I work for. I love working with these guys. It's like a family that I work with. And I love working for them. And I'm hoping to stay in the promo industry throughout and just slowly. I want to be one of those guys that I was being told about when I first joined the promo industry. Look, look at that. That's Dana Zezo over there. He's a legend. Oh, Okay. That's Kate Plummer and Amanda Delaney. They're legends. That's Amanda Delaney. That's (laughs) Kate Plummer over there. Those guys are legends. That's what I want to be. I want to be 
promo legend one day. <laughs> well, I think you're oh. making your way already. I mean, you have the name, you know, famous people have, you know, their <laughs> Beyonce and Cher and we have British Joe in the promo world. You were a rising star, was it last year? PPB? It was. You're speaking on this year. Looking at a rising star of this year. Congratulations. Thank also, you. shout out, shout out, Rising Stars this year. I've got a few friends in the Rising Star list and another one now. Kate, well done. Yeah, I know. We should just create a little cult. We'll just we should. Like, we've got people who aren't as rising as we are. I know. We'll, <laughs> we'll, just, look, we'll just look down on them a little bit. Yeah. You know? well, do you know about the Rising Stars? <laughs> it doesn't get me anywhere in the hotels, though. You know? It doesn't get me any bonus. I know. I was hoping for like a secret cult. Nothing. It's ridiculous. Nothing. We could develop one. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, but it's interesting that way, especially like you came in young and I'm really interested because like the families we've been talking to have either been kind of one of those, like the kids just grew up. And in your case, it's kind of like you got brought into the family business and then just growing so fast to the point where they changed your office around while you were gone. Like <laughs> that's how fast Yeah, it the warehouse. Yeah. And the office actually, yeah. like we organize it differently. It's ever evolving. That's all yeah. I'll say. What's your relationship with your dad regarding work? Like, I love that he's like, go start at the bottom. Don't use a sewing machine. But <laughs> what is your connection now? Do you talk about work a lot of time? Or is it kind of like home time's home time? How do you sort that out? I live on my own now. I got out of there. You know, I was ready to move out in the UK. But I, when I moved to the US, I was like, man, I'm just going to be moving out here on my own. Maybe I'm not ready for that. I'll do a couple of years at the base camp, you know, get, get myself uh, customized to my surroundings. But, you know, I, I don't talk to him that much about work. We do have some discussions about it. He'll fill me in on some things that's going on. We don't really talk about it, especially outside work. If we're going out for dinner or I go over there for dinner and hang out with the dogs or something or go and hang out on the weekend, we don't try not to talk about it, you know. We try and keep that separate. In the office... I tell him what's going on, but it, he just manages big picture stuff. This year was the first year that he ever came to a promo show. He came to PPAI for the first time ever, and he said it was the best trade show that he's been to in years. So that made me excited that my little industry that I've been a part of growing is something that makes him happy, you know, makes him excited for the company. But we speak about it because I have some input in how Orbis looks at trade shows what the staff wear, what the booth looks like. I have some input in that. We talk about those aspects, but we don't really talk about that a little bit. He'll just ask me how I've been, where I've been traveling to, because he doesn't even check where I've been. <laughs> don't even check. So like I come back off a three-week trip, done California, done Vegas, done Washington or whatever it is, and then come back. He'll come back and then he'll be like, where you been? He'll be like, oh, this has been here. Okay, You want cool. to get him souvenirs so you yeah. can like, put magnets on his fridge or something? Nah, Program? he collects Zippo lighters, right? You know the yeah. ting, yeah. flicky. He collects those. So sometimes I'll grab him one of those, but only legit ones because there's a lot of fakes out there and I've found this out in buying him the wrong ones. But uh, <laughs> I buy them and then I do a check on them now. <laughs> but no I magnets. I, get, I used to get magnets and then I got bored of magnets because I'd be somewhere and I'd get looking for the same magnet and I'd forget where I'd been. And I'd be like, I've already got this one. I'd come back home. Got Delaware twice. Whenever I travel somewhere, I buy art and jewelry. I should I do something. Oh, you know what I do? I get golf balls from famous golf courses. When I go, usually like a show is very rarely at the start of the week. It's usually like at least a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or something like that. So typically, like if it's there, I'll be flying back on the Saturday. 
maybe I'll just change my flight back on the Saturday to the afternoon and play a morning round of golf somewhere really cool that I just wouldn't be out of the ordinary. And then I'd buy the little branded golf balls, which are a promo item that somebody <laughs> probably makes that I don't know. Somebody makes them. You don't want to know the real price. <laughs> I don't want to know the real price, but I buy just a singular golf ball and it's like $7 or something like that. And then I, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know the real price. Part of my retail now, right? Like you go to a concert and you don't want to buy that t-shirt because first of all, it's like a Gildan 2000 and it's $45 and you know how much it costs. It's difficult. It's making me sick. Yeah, I go to these <laughs> things and I'm like, I'm like, oh, look at this sweet shirt. And then someone will just walk past me and they'll go, oh yeah, somebody makes those. And I'm like, I thought it looked cool. It was a spur of the moment thing. And now I've got to text someone. I'm asking them if they make these things. What's your favorite promo product? And what, yes. what most surprised you that we do? Man, let me think. Okay. Who is it that makes these? Oh, I know who makes these. All right. It's none of you guys. I apologize if I'm <laughs> plugging somebody else. But uh, it's one of my favorite guys in the world. I didn't realize they made them. But I watch a lot of Barstool Sports stuff on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. I'm doing a facilitate and one of the other guys that's doing it is Ben Chazen from Bam Bams. Mm -hmm. And I go in to grab him so we can go down to lunch together. And he's got all these barstool printed things in there. The driver head covers and flags and hats and scarves and stuff. And I was just like, dude, do you guys make barstool stuff? And he's like, oh yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, so cool. Still yeah, don't have any of it, Ben. I'm waiting. Ben, yeah. <laughs> um, Jason, okay. if you're listening. No, yeah. no, no. I don't, I don't. You know what? That's one of the things that I don't know. I don't ask for anything. I don't want anything from anybody because I feel like people get asked for stuff a million times a day. And my product is different. Like, I can't just go and give someone a 20-foot back wall. Oh, you want some awards? We could do a trade here. But yeah, I keep stumbling into people who are making stuff for brands that I think are really cool. Seeing like promo in the wild and being like, my friend does that. Yeah, I know. I do that all the time. Promo in the wild. I do that too, but people don't care unless you're in our industry. I'll be like, oh my gosh, I know like my friend does this or I know the customer who has this account. At least some of your guys is is sometimes quite cool. My stuff is different. My stuff is not (laughs) exciting to call out. Like, hey, you see that flag outside that gas station? (laughs) We did that. We produced that, sold it to a sign shop and they sold it to those guys. (laughs) You like that? Mm. Must be one of ours. The flag material is nice on this. <laughs> Look at this banner. Look, you see how, you see the edges of that banner? How they're not curling? That's it, an Orbis product right there. I feel like we're getting a preview of British Joe on a date. See that flag? Totally. You see that menu stand outside that's all lit up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sign Pro Division did those. <laughs> oh my God. Woo. Okay, I'm with you on this. There's like so many people in this industry who have such niche, stupid, non-applicable, outside-of-this-industry knowledge that they're so proud of. Yeah. Up here, the Canadian Juno Awards, which are like the Canadian Grammys, and we used to make them like decades ago. But now, every time they come out, the latest one, I'm like, stock shape, boring, should have gone Boring. If you let me go, I will rent about this for way too long. (laughs) And yeah, nobody cares. I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out one of my best friends in the world, Nathan from Logo Mats. I cannot walk past a store, restaurant, building, <laughs> anywhere that has a mat outside of it without him flipping the corner over and checking who made it. And he'll just flip it over and he'll be like, Made that one in 2015. <laughs> and I'll be like, Oh, 
even though the year that it was made, that's pretty sad, dude. It's pretty sad. <laughs> Go to a that's... gift shop with promo people. We're the most mm. obnoxious group. Pop. Never. I already, I know better. I've already learned yeah. this. I'll stand outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll stand outside by the flag. <laughs> really good flag. You guys come back outside. I'm just rubbing it on my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is ours. Pointing mm-hmm. out the, the pros and cons to it. Yeah. You see that stretchable sleeve on the outside there? That's so that it doesn't rip off the pole when the wind whips up a little bit. <laughs> well, Joe, before this goes Ooh. way too off the rails. Before we are all out waffling. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being part of the Growing Up promo series. And even though it seems like you were tossed into promo and explored it and made yourself a nickname of British Joe, the legend. Thank you. I was tossed into the deep end, but I feel like I've come out of it with a pool floaty and a cocktail. So I'm okay. (laughs) That is the best attitude to have. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, you guys. I appreciate it. It was so good talking to you. Thank you so much, Joe. And we will uh, see you at a flagpole somewhere soon. I hope so. (laughs) Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.